0: Welcome back to the Baby Steps Podcast. I am your host, Heather Hayes, and with me as always is Nicole Berto. <laughs> and today we are going to talk a bit about overwhelm. What is overwhelm? What triggers it? Recognizing your signs and, of course, some ideas to reduce this. So let's jump in. Excited to have you here with us.
1: All All
0: right. So overwhelm. I'm going to start with a definition of overwhelm. And then we'll jump into a little bit of what triggered even having this conversation this week and a whole bunch of other things. So first of all, overwhelm. I looked this up and the definition that I came up with is to bury or drown beneath a huge mass. I find that very interesting. Or to defeat completely. So, who can identify with having either of those feelings? To bury or drown, bury, bury, or drown beneath a huge mass, or to be defeated completely. Mm. So, the reason I wanted to talk about overwhelm today, I'll share um, a story of of mine, and maybe Nicole has one that she can share too. This week is spring break in Vermont. So, at the time we're recording this, it is Friday, April 28th. And this week is spring break for our school system. And my grand idea was to not really take the week off, but take the week out of the office to spend time with my oldest. So Avery is 15 years old. For anyone who's a parent of a teenager, you know very well that they never want to spend time with you. And so those moments when they actually want you around are few, far between, and precious. And you take advantage of them. So even though I was on vacation with my husband, like true, real deal, disconnected for the most part, uh, vacation two weeks ago, I knew that I needed to take advantage of this time with Avery. So the plan was hang out for the week with her, do whatever girly fun stuff, get our nails done, all that, and maybe spend a couple days at our lake camp that we have, get that opened up. The first day of her vacation, Monday, where was I? In the office came in, did some work here for a bit, um, spent most of the day here actually. Day two, uh, she and I did go up to the camp. We cleared um, some of the yard and then found out that a cat that we were interested in at the Humane Society was available. So we hightailed it to the Humane Society. I don't even know if I told you this. We Mm -hmm. got the cat. And that's been the rest of our week. And now my 15-year-old has been holed up in her room for the past three days consistently just hanging out with the cat. So
1: there went our vacation.
0: I had these grand ideas that I was going to have my mornings to myself and I was going to be able to go for runs and journal and all of those self-care things that I was really looking forward to that I try to make a priority for during a normal week and I was like yeah if I'm not in the office then you know even more of an opportunity to do these things and hell no that's not how it went at all. I still have two baskets of laundry sitting in my bedroom that are washed and I'm the kind of person that I want to put them away right when they come out of the dryer so there's no wrinkles. I'm mm. not a big ironing person. So when it, when they're still warm, I want to be hanging them up. Nope, they've been sitting in the basket since I got back from vacation and did the laundry. My youngest, who's 15 months old, was sick, uh, had a fever. I'm pretty sure she's just teething, but this is the way daycare goes. And so she was home on Wednesday all day. So that was... I got half a day at home and then my husband came home and I was like, I'm out of here. So again, went to the office for the afternoon just to get out of the house and then no daycare yesterday and today. So can you hear the overwhelm? Like it's just all the things, um, new cat in the house trying to get him acclimated. My dog is just like, why is everybody home? This is great. Let me follow you around. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure now he thinks his name is go lay down and yeah, all the stuff. So, you know, it's, it kind of leads me into recognizing your signs of when you're overwhelmed because all of this stuff happens to us on a daily basis anyway, right? Like life just comes at us. They're, what we expect to happen isn't how things go. And some of us can can see the signs of things becoming too much. I think overwhelm is really a normal day every day, but sometimes it just feels like it's too much and it you you know the the straw that breaks the camel's back is probably the trigger that you should be looking out for to recognize when this overwhelm happens so that then you can do something about it so Mm. for me I'll I'll tell you what mine is and then I want to hear what Nicole has to say as well before I get into anything else but my trigger and and this is a little embarrassing to say but I'm just going to share it it's yelling at my dog my dog is the sweetest animal in the world he is a boxer mastiff mix. He's almost ten years old. He's just a big, goofy baby. He's all heart, no brain. We joke. So happy. He's just the best boy. And and all he wants to do is, is hang out with me. I think I've said in, in one of the previous podcasts, like, he's like a shadow. He just all he wants <laughs> to do is hang around and, and love me. And when I Find that his love is too overwhelming, and then I snap and I yell at him. That's Mm -hmm. my sign. There's no reason to yell at that poor, sweet, innocent dog who's just trying to be loving. I know that there's a million other things bubbling up underneath the surface, and that's just where the volcano erupts.
1: Yeah, holy yeah. I think that I'm also that volcano erupt kind of gal. I have found, which you and I have chatted about so much, that. Over the past, I would say, two, three years, I've been on a journey of not being a people pleaser. So I feel like before, and I'm still, oh my God, still working on this, but burying my feelings to not allow it to affect the people around me. But in reality, I'm having like anxiety and I'm having like a heart attack on the inside. I I feel like a huge part of this podcast, I'm sure Heather will bring all of her knowledge like she always does but I also think a huge growth area for me that's helped me grow is just knowing the DISC profiles and I am a very high I so when someone on the receiving end of my actions or conversation or an interaction if they're not giving back the same energy then that's when I'm like what am I doing wrong because I feel like I'm the problem and so understanding the DISC profiles has helped me understand if I'm talking to a high D or if I'm talking to a high C, like those people are very different than me. Can you describe what those are a little bit in case people that are listening don't understand? So essentially DISC, D-I-S-C, that's why it's called DISC. (laughs) Those are the four (laughs) different personality profiles within DISC. And a high D is essentially someone that's very straightforward to the point. They're very goal-driven. A lot of the time, there's not a lot of emotion involved. They want to, if you're talking to them, they're not very, like, touchy-feely or, like, they're not asking you how your weekend was. They have their blinders on to their goals, and they want to know what the point of your conversation is. And a high eye like myself and like Heather, a high eye will essentially hate being locked in a windowless room, having to file records, historical records, of something that pertains to nothing they're interested in. Meanwhile, there's a party going on down the hallway, and they just have to hear everyone else having fun, and they're not allowed to join. FOMO. Like, oh my god, I would have a heart attack. There's a part of me that would have a heart attack, but then um, there's also, like, maybe I'm, like, super drained or, like, already annoyed from having to file, and I'm like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I don't want to join those people. I'm already in a bad mood. I don't want to see anyone. Right? From that little story or description, a high eye is very, like, people-oriented, a lot of the time we get energy from interacting with people and having those deep, wholesome conversations with people. A lot of high I's, along with high S's, which I'll get into after, are in the service industry because they interact very well with people. I think that's a lot of where my people-pleasing came from, probably childhood, but also being in the service industry for my entire adult life. Um, but anyways, and then on to high S's. High S's, I would say, are extremely in tune with their emotions,
0: and people who I, I think it might be helpful to also throw in there that you're not just one of any of these. Oh, you're a mixture yeah. of all of them. That the high part means that you you more naturally lean mm-hmm. towards a majority in in one of these
1: um, descriptors or another. Yeah, definitely, entirely. That's I love that point. I find. Personally, like when you read through the DISC profile, you'll likely feel or see that you relate with every single point because I personally know when I'm exhausted my eye, I go into like D mode. Right, yeah. And I'm like, I don't really want to socialize with anyone. If someone does talk to me, I don't want to have that how's your weekend conversation. And I'd rather lock myself in a room and get my work done than socialize with people. So I think that there's... Everyone has a small part of everything within themselves. And then a C. A C is very analytical. Uh, They're cautious. I would say that a sign of stress, as we're going into with the high C, is they're very avoidant. They could be disagreeable or, like, kind of dig their heels in because of that cautious personality type of something stressing them out. Therefore, they're quite literally cautious of moving forward. So probably... Those of you listening to this, you can identify pretty highly with
0: one or another of these that Nicole is describing. Um, let's also make sure we put a link in the show notes for someone who sure, could
1: definitely.
0: go and do their desk profile. I think there's some free mm-hmm. um, free options where you can go through and you just answer a series of questions and then it'll spit out the profile to you. And It's really interesting to look through and, and learn more about yourself in a sense, but also I think it just validates maybe the way that you approach things or how you feel about things to be like okay that's just you know that's part of who I am and it's good to know that about yourself and about others in how you interact with people and also mm-hmm. how so on the overwhelmed stress side of things yeah understanding what things naturally work better for you or don't so that you can highlight those in how you go about your daily life to maybe help alleviate some of the stress
1: Yeah, I remember us chatting about how everyone operates differently in this world in one of our first podcasts and I think that Understanding personality profiles and understanding how everyone or maybe a group of people operate differently in this world will really help you become more in tune with the people around you. But also I say that the DISC profiles and like having knowledge around personality profiles in general have helped me progress in myself is because you can't take like if a high I is talking to a high D and they're getting that like abrupt like I don't want to talk to you then you can't take that personally. You have yeah. to understand, like, okay, maybe they're just a high D and maybe they're not not—they're not meaning to hurt my feelings because they can come off that way. So it's just, And let's be honest, it's going to save you some time too oh because
0: God, yeah. you're not going to have to have these, like, really hard conversations and argue with people. You're going to be like, I know how you are and yeah. I know how to not manipulate a situation, but this is how <laughs> I need to talk to you to get the end result that we're looking for mm-hmm. so that we're not, like, wrapping ourselves up and going round and round.
1: Yes, and then it decreases... Your chances of being in overwhelm maybe because of another person yeah if you know that they're going to react a certain way then you're kind of prepared for that yeah anyway exactly uh,
0: so recognizing some of the signs of of overwhelm and such and and it, for everybody it's different right for me I my trigger I notice is is yelling at my dog but some of the signs are um and just you know think about these and, and think about maybe situations where you felt this way you're unable to feel reasonably happy so reasonably happy You lose sleep over worry, unable to concentrate, or losing confidence in one's abilities. That one struck home for me because, and this is a whole other podcast, but I'm not always super confident. Mm. I'm not always walking into situations feeling like I know everything. I feel like I've had a lot of experience in things and that's taught me things, but I'm not always overconfident. And so, when there's something that I feel like I should be confident in or I start feeling that imposter syndrome, like that might be a sign of overwhelm because something else is on my mind other than the task at hand or something yeah. is taking my focus away from something. So I lose confidence in what I'm looking to do because too many other things are on my shoulders and I can't focus. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about some ideas to reduce this. I actually looked this up and found a few articles on this because I know my what I do to reduce stress when I finally recognize it. Like for me, I just want to be honest with everyone. Like for me, it takes a lot for me to recognize stress. I'm one of those people that I don't know if I handle it well. I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but I can definitely take a lot on before I recognize that it's too much. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that's either a positive or a negative thing, but I – I work well under pressure I work well under stress it's it takes a long time for me to recognize that my husband and I actually have um, like a little trigger word he'll look at me and be like yellow and <laughs> that means like you're about to go into red but because I don't always see it he will recognize that I'm stressed out and he'll be like you okay do you need a minute do you need a break and for me I know that getting some fresh air like always calms me down a hug and fresh air are my two things so if I'm like totally just spinning out, he can walk up to me at any point in time, anybody can really, and just give me like a real bear hug, like a good, I really mean this, not like a my 15-year-old tap-tap with one arm, like a good <laughs> hug. That is going to just decompress me. It may not make everything go away, but it's going to make me feel a lot better. Like you don't feel alone, right? Like there's somebody there. And the other thing is he will take over whatever's going on if we're in the kitchen or I'm cooking dinner or you know Cassidy my youngest is like throwing her food on the floor like whatever it is that like put me over the edge he'll be like I got this Mm -hmm. and I'll just go step outside for a minute luckily we've got a a deck right there by the kitchen I don't care what the temperature is but I step outside and I just take a few breaths of fresh air and it's like
1: I'm good My first thought is you're allowing yourself and you have created a space. You and Justin have created a space for yourselves where you can grab that fresh air or you're in a supportive environment where you can express how you're feeling. And he knows you a lot of the time. I don't know, at least with me and Brandon, like a lot of the time he knows me better than myself, Mm. especially when you're like in that fog of stress and overwhelm, They're like, like I'll even think. It's kind of like a manic feeling of like, you have so many things you're juggling and you don't even realize you're stressed yet. You're mm-hmm. just going a hundred miles an hour. And so Brandon will be like, why are you stressed? And I'm like, I'm not stressed. And he's like, you're stressed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so I think it's fine. <laughs> just allowing ourselves to be in that environment and where we can have that support system. That's actually a huge part of some of my notes that I wrote down about being a high eye is if we are not in that environment, either we've created it or the people around us have created that environment for us. But anyways, yeah, that's like super important for our personalities to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's awesome yeah. that you have that.
0: Yeah, it's it's taken us a while and it's not perfect. Like we still, we still take it personally when the other person is stressed out because... When you are so close to someone else, if you have a person in your life, you know, it could be a sibling, it could be a friend, anyone that you spend the most time with, whoever you spend the most time with, besides yourself, it's easy for them to take personally when you're off, when Mm -hmm. you're not acting like your normal, happy, friendly, open self. And I think one of my personality traits is to kind of shut down. Mm like you were saying, like yeah. you just want everyone to leave you alone. Like I, bury I just, everything too. I can be like upbeat, happy, peppy in the office. And then I go home and that's when I start to notice. That's another sign for me that I'm stressed is that I don't want to talk to anybody. and I'm just quiet. I'm like, I was fine. I live five minutes away from my office. I was fine five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I was in this great, happy, upbeat mood. And then I got home. And I think a lot of times home is a source of stress right like a lot of the overwhelm that's there all the things that are waiting for you when you get back my two things of laundry that are unfolded um we got a cat like i said this week the cat running around the dog and you know all those things are there waiting for me so when you're home i don't want to say my home is a source of stress i just want to say that there's things there that are waiting for me that add to the overwhelm because they're tasks that i feel like i need to get done or there's some sort of a chaos that i don't feel i'm in control over yeah So the point I was trying to make, I guess, to reel it back around is that Justin and I still struggle with recognizing that not to take it personally. And we have to tell each other that like, it's not you I'm just stressed about. And if we don't inform each other what those stresses are, we still might not believe each other that it's not us causing it in the other person. Because of how we're acting towards each other, like how it's coming out. If I'm short with him, he thinks it's him, of course. But it could be anybody in front of me that I'm going to be short with at that moment in time. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think the two things that I grab from that is one, communication is key. Communicating that no, (laughs) no, honey, it's not you. Um, I had a shitty day at work, or even if you didn't, there's something else. And I completely understand. Like going home isn't like a stressful place, but there are just a different variety of responsibilities that you hold when you go home. Here at the office, you are still a mom, but you don't have Cassidy physically in front of you needing to occupy her and all of those things. So I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it because I'm not a mom, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you hear
0: all about her and all the things. <laughs> ah. Yeah, it's hard to juggle it all. And you know, you take it day by day. So here's getting into that. So some ideas to reduce the stress that comes with overwhelm. Number one, write it all down. When it's sitting in your head, festering, it's hard to remember what everything is, and sometimes that causes overwhelm too. If it's like making a grocery list, right? Like you can go to the grocery store, you think you remember all the things you need, you're gonna get home and forget a few. So get it out of your head. Just write everything down. Don't put it
1: in any kind of an order to start. Just Free fall, everything. Write it out. Like pertaining to the things that you're overwhelmed about or like the things you need to get done, like creating a task list for yourself?
0: Either way. Oh, okay. So you could do both. You could write down I am overwhelmed because and yeah that's probably going to be your task list. Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Probably all the things that still need to get done or appointments you need to make or, you know, me, this laundry, I've got to go home and and fold that laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) get it out of the way. But that leads into number two, then prioritize it. I like to have three different, oh God, I even wrote laundry on here. I like to have three different categories. Urgent, Mm. things that have to get done right away. There's some sort of a deadline. It's a doctor's appointment that has to happen it's a vet appointment that has to happen because you have a follow-up booster shot for your animal and this is my life now as you can tell mm-hmm. um you know things things that do not that cannot wait the second category is things that would be nice to get done so they don't have to get done right now but it would be nice to get them done so For me, that's, you know, making dinner for my family. It would be nice for me to cook stuff, but can I maybe have leftovers or can I maybe just throw some spaghetti together or maybe we're ordering out or eating out, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's other things that can happen if I don't have an hour to put together a full dinner. And then there's things that can wait. Like my laundry, <laughs> <laughs> which wasn't a priority for the last two weeks, but today it
1: feels like maybe that's up there. I totally relate with that. I literally, <laughs> that's that's probably. I would say, I'm the I'm. I feel like you and I jive so much because we both have that ma- very much maternal uh, part of us. Like some some women just simply don't want or have that. And although I'm not a mom yet, I. It's one of the biggest things I want in my life. You're a dog mom. That I'm counts. I'm already a dog. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> that, Thank <that's> Practice. <laughs> but I feel like going along with that, just traditionally like moms, yes, like you share household responsibilities with your husband, but like, I feel like a lot of the time, like some of the laundry and like some of that stuff does fall on the mom. And I honestly love and enjoy like keeping my house tidy for my family and that but that's the one thing that always falls off my shoulders it's usually Brandon doing folding his and putting away his own laundry because mine stays in the laundry basket in our open closet for as long as it possibly can so you're (laughs) not alone
0: Justin does his own laundry but I do I and Avery sort of does hers it gets washed and then it sits in a a laundry basket like like you Justin does his own. I do Cassidy's in mine. But this is perfect because it leads into my next thing, and that is (laughs) to delegate Mm. or to ask for help. So go through your list. I think you just made a perfect point that – Yes, there are people in our household. Not everybody has someone in their household. So yeah. let's, you know, be careful here. Maybe you do have to do all the things. But there could be things that you could, you know, maybe mom lives nearby or dad or you have coworkers. You know, there, there might be instances where there are people that can help with certain things. You probably don't want to ask a coworker to fold your laundry. That'd be a little awkward. But um, I, I would say go through your list and see what can you delegate? What can you ask for help with? Um, and sometimes we don't want to let those things go. And that, that can add to the overwhelm. My husband said to me the other night, he said, you know, I like cooking dinner once in a while, but then that's going to lead me into a spiral of like, okay, so that's great. Why don't you cook dinner? Well, what do you want to have? Okay. So now (laughs) I maybe, maybe I'm choosing what it is or we're going to grill something. So letting that go, but also letting go of feeling like it has to be our responsibility. I almost feel sometimes like Less of the wife or less of the mom if I'm not the one doing the thing that's getting done, even though I appreciate the help. Yeah, it's my own mental block that mm-hmm. I am not the fullest version of who that person I'm supposed to be if I'm not doing the things that I put on my own self, mm-hmm. thinking
1: it's my responsibility. It's like a form of, um, you just feel guilty. Yeah. 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 And you've put it, but it's completely self guilt. Like yes. no one else, like Brandon or Justin, they don't give a who. No. Whether we're cooking dinner or doing the dishes or whatever. So yeah, I totally I get don't really that. doesn't care about the dishes. He <laughs> does a lot of them.
0: <laughs> and then la- the last thing I'm going to give around this is pick three things. And I have taken this from others that have suggested the same thing in the past. And I think that it's so helpful. So look at this list. Pick three things. So these are your urgent things, I would say. Pick three. And those are the things for you to do that day and if you get all of those done and you have those hard things out of the way and you have some time then go ahead and add some of the other things and I don't mean add them I mean just get the other things done but give yourself the grace of three things get those done and after that I'm going to add one more in here so I've been listening to I, I talk about Mel Robbins all the time because I'm absolutely obsessed with her podcast and listening to her and she's not paying me to say any of this and You know, if she wants to, that's cool, but not what I'm looking (laughs) for. I just, I'm, you know, I want to help other people. And if I can suggest something from someone other than myself that is going to help, by all means, you're going to hear about it a lot. So I just think she's phenomenal. Go join, subscribe to her podcast to listen to her. But what she was talking about is a lot of times when we feel overwhelmed, actually adding something else in is a key to alleviating that overwhelm. But what needs to be specific about this thing that you're adding in is that it has to be something that's meaningful to you and probably falls along the lines of Mm self-care. And there's a guilt factor that can probably come along with that because you're like, I have so much to do and if I'm putting off something else I should be doing for someone else, why is it okay for me to add in something that's for me? I'll tell you why. Because if you're not okay, everyone else isn't going to be okay you cannot show up as your best self for everyone else unless you're showing up as your best self for you so step outside like me get that fresh air for a minute get some exercise take a few deep breaths write in a journal read a book go lift some
1: weights (laughs) Me, i would also just add it doesn't necessarily have to be something huge like you don't have to great point make your day like you don't have to disrupt your entire schedule to make this happen I find that even if I'm feeling overwhelmed or maybe I'm not like in the best headspace or best mood and you just randomly start talking to me about nutrition like we did this morning I was in a great mood but still (laughs) (laughs) then I just like dive in Mm -hmm. and literally by the end of that conversation I'm, I don't even, I can't even describe how I feel, you
0: know? So for you, that was talking about something that you're interested in. So it's a a passion of yours that you just get to like take a break from the other work you're doing and, you know, dive into that. Yeah. Having a great conversation with a friend.
1: It's also like a form of not self-care, but care in general. Mm -hmm. Like by giving to others, like imagine yourself giving to a charity that makes you feel good. So me giving my knowledge to you or to whomever about what I know best, then that's, kind of a form of in a roundabout way a form of self-care for me
0: yeah the only thing I I, depending on if you're like scheduling out your day Mm -hmm. like I mean that that's a totally random awesome thing that happens I think that's like kind of like bonus icing on the cake kind of Ooh, that's a funny funny thing to say when we're talking about nutrition but I think that was kind of like a bonus moment of the day yeah just I feel like I could give a million suggestions. I would say a a great practice would be to, you know, on the heels of all of this, maybe sit down and take some time to write out or think on some things that, what are some things that you know will alleviate stress for you or things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even have to be things that alleviate stress. Like what are 10 of your favorite things to do? And keep that, in your mind and is there something in there that on days when you have five minutes that you can spend for yourself because you're overwhelmed what's something from that list that doesn't take a lot of time that you can fall back on
1: I keep thinking of someone that does you and I are very lucky to work the job that we do where we have essentially our schedules in our hands like we can do whatever we want with it but people that do work a traditional very strict corporate nine to five if they don't have time to essentially schedule something like this into their schedule then even something as simple as going to their car at lunch and listening to music or calling the person that they know will release that stress or simple like not time consuming things. absolutely absolutely if you
0: get a couple 15 minute breaks I I think it's about being intentional with the time that you do have so making sure that you're not taking your 15 minutes to do something for someone else unless that's one of your urgent things there are going to be times when that's on your list and you're like yes I need to check that off and I'm going to feel great but make sure that somewhere in there one of those blocks of time is for you yeah, podcasts, you know, listen to listen to us. <laughs> we'll tell you all about our overwhelm and maybe yours isn't gonna seem that bad.
1: <laughs> It'll that, turn into a comedy show. Over that's here. like yeah. <laughs> it's always always something. I was thinking going back to asking for help to delegate and relieve that stress or that overwhelm, a lot of the time depending on the person that you're asking for help from or the kind of person that you are, it can make asking for help so much harder or easier. So maybe that person, what comes to mind is a high C. So a lot of people that are a little bit more cautious or reserved, when they are stressed, they're very, they can be disagreeable or resistant. Therefore, it's going to be harder for them to ask for help. Um, It's kind of like, I wouldn't say an ego thing, but um, they're already in that kind of like negative space. So it's going to make it even harder. So with these kinds of people, if you recognize that they may be this kind of personality type, allowing them a space to where they can ask you for help or asking them as long as it's a very respectful way. um, Because a high C, if you ask them for help, they are also, they're tedious as far as like goals. So they need to know like step by step, like what goals they, how, how to get to the goal, like step by step. Um, And if they need to ask for help, it's kind of like, they seem less competent. Mm-hmm. So if someone's asking them, "Do you need help?" then they'll they'll think like you don't, don't think personally. Yeah, you don't think I can do it. So as long as you're very respectful about it, those are the kind of people that if you continue to build that relationship and create that environment for them to ask for help, then those are the kind of people that you're gonna, in the long run, earn, earn their trust. As even though they seem very kind of resistant and cautious at first, just understanding the kind of person that. If you need to ask them or you just need to allow a space for them to ask for help, all of the things to help eliminate that stress. If only we could have everyone in our life do their DISC profile so we can just Right. no. <laughs> but it is so hard sometimes. <laughs> like, there'll be days that you come into the office and my, my D is just on fire. Mm-hmm. And that's not, like, that's very rare. We had to sit and have a conversation about this recently <laughs> about how,
0: how Heather needs to not take that personally <laughs> you know, when, when I don't walk in and 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 inspire and and energize Nicole. And so I'm not bouncing coffee, coffee lately. Yeah. We've
1: been <laughs> drinking been, a lot. That's been
0: helping. Hey, sometimes that's okay. One thing that, and not to bring it back to like a Debbie Downer, but I want this to be inspiring and, and hopefully yeah. helpful. It's really about recognizing things. Recognizing things is a, it's the first first step in, in the overwhelm and in overcoming overwhelm. And maybe it's not you that recognizes it. Maybe it's someone else. But I do just want to point out that for those of, of you that are like me, where you can hold it in, or like Nicole, I'm finding out too, where you can hold it in and you don't recognize it and you're like, I'm fine. And you try to do everything and you don't delegate. There's, there's a level of this that can turn into something kind of scary because overwhelm can, can easily turn into burnout burnout can easily turn into depression. So it can go further and I'm and I don't want to dwell on this and I don't want to talk about it too much but I do just want to point out that it's not always healthy for us to do it all and it's not always healthy for us to to have that much responsibility that we put on ourselves. So I find chunking it down, writing it down, prioritizing to be a couple of the the most helpful strategies to alleviating or avoiding Mm -hmm. overwhelm. I'm being redundant here, but I think it's important. I'm going to end this by saying, I'm going to reiterate, write your stuff down, get it out of your head, prioritize it, delegate and ask for help, and pick three things, and then do your plus one that's something for you. Mm -hmm. And everything is going to get done when it needs to get done. It's all going to be okay. Okay. There's nothing that's too big to overcome. You're going to be fine. <laughs> the hard truth, but it's the truth. It is. We're it all going to be okay. And tomorrow you're going to face a whole nother set of things, and that's okay too. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. Hopefully you found a few good nuggets in there. Hope you can go out and slay the rest of your day. See you. Love you. Bye.
1: Bye, guys.